Welcome to the Raven Bookery Podcast. We are three sisters who love to read and talk about all things books. And we do a great deal of laughing while we're at it. Today we're going to be discussing our favorite fairy tale retelling books. But first, hey guys. Hey Anne. Hey Anne. What's a movie you would always say yes to? Go ahead, Lucy. I was going to say your mom, but... Oh, snap. <laughs> you better. She's a lovely woman. You mean she... our mom? Yes, our mother. The movie I will always say yes to, the first thing that popped into my head was a live-action Cinderella. Oh, Ooh. yeah. So every Sunday, I, I have two go-to movies, if I have the time. It's either Cinderella or Pride and Prejudice. Every Sunday? Not every Sunday, but... Those are your go-to Sunday movies. Most Sundays where it's like, oh, I have extra time. I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have any meetings. Let's watch a movie. And it's one of those two. It's one of those two. It has gotten to the point where Josh will recognize the intro music to Pride and Prejudice. He should just know that because it's good music. Wait, are we talking Six Hour or Keira Knightley? Keira Knightley. Obviously. It's Sunday. Obviously. Both of them have very recognizable intro music, though. Mm, both don't have equal value. Well, no, that wasn't the question. Though. I said what I said. <laughs> <laughs> my fight point me. was fight me. <laughs> my point was they both have very recognizable intro musics, so Josh could recognize <laughs> both of them. I thought you were gonna say that both have value, and I was gonna say nope. No, no, I, no. I have not downloaded the soundtrack to the six-hour BBC Pride and Prejudice. You wanna know why? It's on Spotify because it's terrible. Because no, it's, it's not unremarkable. It's... <laughs> That's a, it. It's not. Samantha's right. It's unremarkable. If you took the music out of Pride and Prejudice and put it into any other period movie, yeah, probably wouldn't recognize the difference. It's just okay, like it's like stock mean. BBC music, except for that intro. Because it is that, di- 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 or no, that's not even it. That's not. <laughs> that's not. I don't know. I don't know. You know how long it's been since I've seen the six-hour one. But if you heard it, one hundred percent, you would yeah, recognize. Like probably. Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> it's like my six. Like someone somewhere is watching Pride and Prejudice. I must go. I must away. I must teach them that there is a better way. Oh don't devote six hours to your life to an old middle-aged Colin Firth. <laughs> When you can have Matthew McFadden. <laughs> okay, so Lisey's go-to is the live-action Cinderella and Pride and Prejudice. Yes. Okay, Zabetha, so what is your favorite movie I'll always say yes to? Yeah. Hands down? Hands down. Austin Land. Good one. Nice. That's one that, like, I don't, I don't have to be in a mood to watch that movie. It's always, I'm always down for that. Hmm. Yeah. That is a, yeah, that is the and I probably said it before, but the one example of the movie might have been better than the book. Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. That's it's a the, very very rare exception. I think probably my only exception that the movie was better than the book. Yeah, and there, I and I like the book a lot. There's mm-hmm. just that one element that was changed for the movie that makes me like it a whole lot more. That she was, didn't choose. That he's not an actor. Oh, that he's not oh, an actor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In that the book, is he is one of the actors. That's and in right. the movie, he is not. He's, and I he's like there that. to escape, kind he, of the same yeah. way. He's a history professor. He's a history professor. In the book, she also, not that she doesn't have a choice, but the the vacation is gifted to her by her, like, great aunt or yes. something like yeah, that. That's true. And so she doesn't, like, like, she wants to go, but she 
doesn't make that sacrifice. So I like that in the movie where, oh, no, you are a fanatic kind yeah. of a person. See, and I would have preferred the book part of that. They kept the book part of that, mm-hmm. you know. But it was still like a, the aunt or whoever is gifting her this as a way to like, you need to get this out of your system because you are a fanatic and it's not healthy. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Austin Land. It's a good one. Also, Jennifer Coolidge. Hello. <laughs> oh, she is so fantastic. <laughs> I think every word out of her mouth in that entire movie <laughs> is quotable and straight gold. Shut, shut your pie hole. <laughs> shh, 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 shut your pie. Sometimes I place my face in the fire. <laughs> oh, it's like a kiln. <laughs> All right, Anne. Um, okay. What's, what's your absolute always hands down ready to go for movie? Okay, so this is a weird one. But, like, if they said, hey, you want to watch this movie? I'd be like, yes, and you're awesome because for suggesting it. Well done. But I do feel like if I was going to pick it, I do have to kind of be in a mood. But it's a always say yes. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, okay. Yeah, I guess. Hands see down, that. every single time. Like, I you want to. And it's to the point where, like, if somebody suggests that, like, hey, Anne, you want to come over and watch Monty Python? I'm like, oh, yes, and will yes. you be my new best friend? Please, I could. I could. I I understand that because that would be something that, like, maybe not by myself. I would watch it, you know, just as like a knee jerk. I don't know what to watch. I'll watch Monty Python. But it would be a anyone suggests this to me, I would. I would say yes. Yes. It's one of those good litmus test movies. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like Monty Python? We can be friends. Okay, we're good. I don't know if I've ever met someone who didn't like Monty Python. I have. Really? I'm sure they're. I don't know them now. I'm sure they're out there. Yeah, I'm sure they're out there living their sad, lonely lives. In okay. a country where they don't laugh like Without sweet. joy. <laughs> so Come a on. perfect day of movies for the Johnson sisters would be Pride, Pride and Prejudice. Prejudice slash the live action Cinderella, which I do agree yes. with both of those. Yep. Mm-hmm. Both those would really be good. good. Thank you. Austin Land. Austin Land. Also. And Monty, Monty Python. Python. <laughs> Question is, what order? <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Today's topic. We are sharing our book recommendations for our favorite fairy tale retellings. We haven't decided who's going to go first. No, we have not. Lacey, your Pit. book is the most colorful. It's just because it's pink. It's two colors. Is that a graphic novel? Yes. Okay. Lacey cheated on this one. I did. I did what? cheat only slightly. So it's not technically a fairy tale, but it's mythology. Oh, Out thought, of the contending. I thought you cheated because I would count it. It's a retelling. A myth is just an older fairy tale. Mythology is just Greek fairy tales. <laughs> there you go. Hit. All right. Go ahead, Lisa. Tell us about your uh, so mythology retelling. The other part that I kind of cheated on. It is a graphic novel. So the book is called Lore Olympus by Rachel Smithy. Smithy. <laughs> Smythe. Smythe. S-M-Y-T-H-E. Yes. Smythe. Sorry. It is a graphic novel, but it originated as a web cartoon. So there's an app called Webtoon that each week there's a new episode, new series of events that you read and <clears throat> so lore olympus started on webtoon as an online web comic but then the author turned it into graphic novels like a full comic strip comic not like a so yeah like the original was a comic strip comic strip so yeah so she would take the she would take panels i think i've seen some of those yeah, it's really good 
Um, the story is a retelling of Hades and Persephone. And Hades and Persephone is one of my all-time ultimate favorite um, Greek mythologies. But the way, the reason why I like this one the best is because Hades is not a bad guy. Because Hades isn't a bad guy. He's just misunderstood. <laughs> he, he, yes. Persephone is, she, I mean, she chooses to be down in the underworld. And she's trying to get away from her controlling mom and i would choose hell too (laughs) (laughs) falling in love with hades and going through all this stuff well that tracks because the hades and persephone myth is really just i mean it's the original beauty and the beast but i see what you're saying because i mean big brooding kidnapped a sweet girl so the way that the book is set up the god's world is very modernized yeah, there's skyscrapers on the cover. Yeah, so it's skyscrapers and cars and offices and office jobs. and The, the gods un- have office jobs? The underworld is very, it's very modernized. It's New York City. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but mm. the human world is still like ancient Greek. That's right. The human world is ancient Greece. Yes. And... The underworld is New York City. Don't let me, don't make me explain it more. That's just how it is. That's fine. That's fine. We read Brandon Sanderson. We're used to, you know, suspending reality. It takes me a long time to, like, understand some of this world building. I'm like, this is pretty much a dry ocean, right? Like, these are all crustaceans. Anyway. Okay, why do you love it? I love it because, one, Hades is not a bad guy. And two... I mainly like it for Persephone because Persephone is, she is the embodiment of two parallel or two opposites. She is the goddess of spring. She is a flower, child, flower, maiden, but she's also the queen of the underworld. So there's this parallel nature. Yes. Cognitive dissonance. Yeah. So it's just, it's a a positive one though. (laughs) Cognitive dissonance could be a good thing. So it's, it's that... Don't be concerned about your differing opinions or your different personalities because Persephone was both flower maiden and queen of the underworld. It's it's a nice, you don't have to be pigeonholed into one right. thing. You can be anything you, you want to be. Yeah. You can you, be a fully fleshed out person in all aspects of your character. Yeah. You You can love flowers and love gardening, but also you can rage at things. I like that it's a graphic novel. I I enjoy a good graphic novel every once in a while. It's... I know Samantha doesn't. I can't. I can't do graphic novels. I just can't. I love them. I love the idea behind them. And like, and even as you're like flipping through it, and I'm looking at it, like, oh wow, that looks really. I could. Ooh, I could get into that. <laughs> like, so I like it. My problem is, and maybe it's just the. I'll be honest. I've only tried to read one graphic novel in my life. What was it? Wings of Fire. It's oh, one of Will's books. One of Will's, like, mm. and I just I have like there's multiple dialogue happening in one in in one frame, and I can't tell who's talking, and that frustrates me. I've I've read several that are I I enjoy the genre. Um, there's some that I bought as part of my judge a book by the cover, and it was just it was weird, but I really enjoyed it. But it was just so weird. Yeah, I have one. I have the uh, Calamity Jack. By Shannon Hale. I have a couple of graphic novels. Yeah. I mean, this one, there are like three volumes that are printed. Mm-hmm. Or that have three volumes. Um, but there's also another called uh, The Prince and the Dressmaker. Super cute little graphic novel. The uh, the Amulet series. 
graphic novels. There's like nine books. Those are really good too. Okay. Samantha, what book slash books I cheated you bring? in front too? Oh. <laughs> okay. So we're cheating all over the place. So we're talking about our favorite fairy tale retellings. Beauty and the Beast is my favorite fairy tale. And I have read a dozen retellings and i hate every single one of them they're all crappy they're all bad even all the movies all of them they're just bad unless it's the original disney beauty and the beast i don't like it how did you feel about the live action disappointed because (laughs) so beauty and the beast is my but here's the other funny thing i will read watch cinderella retellings all day long and frequently they're some of my favorite fairy tale retellings because I don't have as high expectations for them. It's very much like a, yeah, you got the bare bones of the story. It's hard to do Cinderella do, wrong. Yeah, right. do something new with it. Like, let me see how it goes, you, you know. Can still do it wrong. Yeah, you yeah. can, but it's harder to. So these are two Beauty and the Beast retellings. They are the only two Beauty and the Beast retellings that I love and I really enjoy Almost to the point of more than the original Beauty and the Beast Disney story. So, the first one is, I I think it's hilarious that Lisey's is a Persephone and Hades retelling because Uh this book is Seeking Persephone. Um, by Sarah M. Eden. Such a good so book. It's a, it's such a, an amazing, cute story. I love it. I've read it. I, I've lost track of how many times I've read it. This got me, like, this was my first Sarah M. Eden book, mm-hmm. and now I own every book she's ever written, except for the one she's published in the past couple months because I dropped off the face of the planet. So what I love about this is that I don't, when I first read it, I didn't think it was supposed to be a Beauty and the Beast retelling. Yeah. It was supposed to be inspired by Persephone and Hades, and it does very follow very much along with that. Um, which I think it's funny that you said that seeking or that Hades and Persephone is the original Beauty and the Beast because when I was reading this, I was like, this this is Beauty and the Beast. This is a an actual real life Beauty and the Beast story, <laughs> and there are some things in it that I'm like, even they even have the wolf attack. <laughs> they do have a wolf attack in that book, and they even his name is Adam. <laughs> And the beast's name is Adam. Like, his, like you don't know that in the movie, but if you're a true fan, you know that the beast is Prince Adam. So there are just so many little elements of like, guys, guys is anyone else seeing this? This is Beauty and the Beast. This is Beauty and the Beast. Really well done. Please tell so, me somebody else is seeing this. I know. So it's such, such a cute story. The premise is Regency romance, proper romance. Um, Persephone is the oldest daughter of a, was she's like the granddaughter of a lower baron, right? Yeah, like, something like that. Like, so she's still, a she's still in the, um, upper class, but she's yeah. very much an impoverished, very much like a Elizabeth Bennet kind of situation, except she yeah. would be Jane. She's he's the a, oldest. He's a gentleman. She's yeah. a gentleman's daughter. Yeah. He's a gentleman. She's a gentleman's daughter, but they are very, very poor. Mom died giving birth to the youngest sibling. Um, lots of girls, two boys in their family. Um, and so they're kind of, they're impoverished. Um, and so Adam is a duke. Very powerful as far as the uh, nobility goes. Like in the book, they even say he's got more influence than the king. Yes. 
yeah, that he has more influence in Parliament than the Prime Minister and, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, but Adam is very badly scarred. Half of his face is very heavily scarred, which is kind of where those beast feelings come in. Um, and because, and he's also that very much, uh, grumpy, surly, intimidating. He keeps people away by scaring the crap out of them, intimidating them to the point where they're just absolutely terrified of him. Um, like he makes threats and he follows through on them. And so people are terrified of him and he's very powerful, very influential. Well, also very like physically strong. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he's not, he's not a small person either. Um, so he, oh, the book opens up with him meeting with his, the heir apparent. So Adam obviously is not married, does not have children, has no siblings, no nieces and nephews. His land, his family's land that they've had for generations on generations will go to an quote unquote idiot cousin. <laughs> and <laughs> he doesn't want that to happen. And so his steward suggests that he marries so that he can at least have an heir so that his idiot cousin doesn't inherit all of his family's land and all this stuff that they've worked so hard to preserve. And so obviously he hates the idea at first, but mm-hmm. you know, within a couple chapters, he comes around and in a couple, like the first, chapter. it's like the first, second chapter. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, uh, his steward was like, Hey, I know of a family. They're destitute. If you offered a really, really large, like wedding present dowry. No, not a dowry. No, Cause dowry is what she yeah, brings. It would be her dowry. She doesn't have a dowry. And so they offer her and her family a ridiculous sum of money, mm-hmm. ridiculous sum of money, um, to agree to marry him. Um, and so she debates about it for a while. And she's like, but this is like, this is, I'm going to put myself in a situation where I'm marrying myself to a complete stranger. I have no idea what to expect, um, but it'll set my family up for the rest of their lives. My brothers can come home from the Navy they're like 13 and 14. They don't have to be in the Navy anymore as teenage mm-hmm. boys. They can come home and have, go to, school, go and to like... school and have a better life. And my sisters will be set up to marry well. And, and I think she even says in the beginning, like, I'm going to be able to give my sisters the opportunity that I am now taking away from myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she goes through with it. Doesn't They don't even meet until literally like her walking down the aisle yeah is the she first walks time down the aisle her. and that's the first time they see each other is when she's walking down the aisle which is a great scene because one of his stipulations is that he wants somebody who's homely homely plain has no other chance of yeah, marrying yeah, no well. other prospects like, or options. spinster on the shelf you know <laughs> oh, he's looking for me what? <laughs> <laughs> But he, so, cause he doesn't want to take away someone's opportunity to have a happy, healthy marriage. Gotcha. Cause he's not going into this thinking, oh, and then I'll be married and this will be a great relationship. It's no, no one wants to be with me. I don't want anybody with me. I don't want anyone close to me, but I also really don't want this cousin to inherit. So I, take I'm one for the team. Yeah. So I'm going to choose a wife, but I don't want her to feel shackled to me. I want her to feel like this was a her, kind of a good option a for good her. A good option for her because she had no other options at all. Mm. And so when she shows up at the altar, he's instantly mad because dun dun dun, she pretty. <laughs> she's gorgeous. <laughs> she's pretty. She's pretty. Lovely story. And obviously it kicks off a slew of you, so Persephone 
all of her siblings have a book about them mm-hmm. and then that jumps to a whole nother family <laughs> yeah you and can so you can then so follow forth. this for 16 more books if you want to but but it's it's a good one because it does cute. have this really great like you watch the romance build yeah. and it's not a like sudden and eh, now I love you and you're great it's very yes. much a it's like a she even build. starts with I want him to I want to be friends I want to be friends I want him to like me I want him to appreciate me I like I want him to think that I'm pretty and nice yeah and then it slowly builds into like she like chips away slowly at this yeah. like gruff hard exterior yeah which just is like heart melting and it's yeah. like it's one of the reasons i think so many people like the elizabeth and mr darcy because he starts out so hard and then yeah. you, you do see this softening. character development and softening in him you see it in this one in a like he still maintains that really great gruff exterior yeah. but then it kind of like extends to to he, encircle her her people. whole family and like you watch his progression throughout all those books and it's just this really great oh, like yeah. i'm not just protecting myself now but i will go to battle for anybody that i love and you yeah. watch oh it's just, it oh. is like it's a, it's a link to about 16 books total i read them all when the last one came out last year um and anytime Anytime the Duke shows up in any of the other books, it's my favorite. Oh, <laughs> He's something's going to go down. Oh, I know. Oh, snap. I know. It's really good. Anyway, Seeking Persephone is fantastic. What's, what's the other book that you brought? The other one I grabbed. So I have, I read this one a long time ago. I have not ever reread it, but I remember being absolutely amazed by its Beauty and the Beast. This. <laughs> So it's called Heart's Blood by Juliet Marillier, who is one of my favorite authors. You love her. I do love her. I haven't read everything uh, by her, but I loved everything I have read of hers. Um, So the best description of this would be an Irish Gothic Beauty and the Beast retelling. And it is fantastic. So she is, she's running away from something going on in her life. Um, no spoilers. She, she has been raised, her dad has trained her as a scribe, so she is fluent in Latin, and uh, that's not common, if at all, for women to even know how to read in the first place, let alone write and scribe and know Latin. But she's been trained by her dad. Um, she's run away, and she's escaping, and she's trying to hide out and hide away. And so she comes across this town, um, and she gets told that the town is cursed um, because of something someone did 80, 100 years ago. Um, and you do not go out at night because there are wee beasties <laughs> that will wee beasties? <laughs> that will um, uh, manifestations is what they're called on this. So the uh, so it's very Irish historical. Um, there's a high king, but then there's also chieftains. Um, and so their local chieftain lives in this great big manor on top of this big hill. Um, and the hill is just covered with these manifestations at night. And so it's isolated, but the town is down at the bottom of the hill kind of thing. Um, and so she finds out that the chieftain is looking for a scribe for a very special project that will last the summer. Um, and she's trying to hide from whoever's chasing her and so she it's like well, that sounds like the job for me even though people are like no don't 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 go there <laughs> like don't go there <laughs> it's like he's a really bad chieftain and it's just it, this is not 
that's not no that's dangerous so but she goes and so she's there willingly um but the chieftain is the beast kind of character and there is a there is a curse over the land his lands um so i remember as i was reading it it gave me very much like gothic vibes it gave me a lot of jane eyre vibes which is very gothic anyway um and it gave me a lot of watcher in the woods vibes (laughs) really that's an interesting one i thought that movie scared you (laughs) it scares crap out of me (laughs) but there is a there is a scene what and what you end up finding out (laughs) about the curse and how the how things get resolved remind me very much of the end of Watcher in the Woods. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> um, so, so it's just it's an Irish Gothic Beauty and the Beast with Jane Eyre vibes. How's the love story? It, like I said, it the love story itself gives me very much Jane Eyre vibes kind of thing. But it's like slow. Um, there's more to it than like the instant my our souls are connected, kind of more than Jane Eyre like there's more to it but it w- it was good anyway so I felt like that was very very light happy you know oh this is just wonderful it's perfect very much Disney Beauty and the Beast retelling and then one that's like this is like if Grimm Grimm's brothers wrote <laughs> Beauty and the Beast in the first place <laughs> anyway okay Anne your turn I don't want to go anymore <laughs> I didn't pick a Beauty and the Beast retelling Congratulations to me. Well, Lisa um, didn't either. Yes, she did. It's Persephone and Hades. It's, it's Beauty and the Beast. You had a very sharp intake. Would you like to say something else? She's going to disagree with you about Hades and Persephone being a Beauty and the Beast retelling. It is. Well, it's not a retelling. Because I would argue Hades and Persephone mythology came first. That's true. Beauty and the Beast would technically be a Hades and Persephone retelling. <laughs> good point i will accept that logic thank you or it could just be that there are certain elements to romance stories that we have liked throughout history and for some reason stockholm syndrome is one of them (laughs) why we see cinderella-esque stories in every culture in every culture not just in you know and that they medieval france or england but you have them in in china you have them in india you you get them everywhere yep even though it's not like there's no like there's no connection between them, you know. Yeah. There's no. Oh, you definitely heard this story. They popped. They from popped China. up independently. Yeah. That a Beauty and the Beast idea would be pretty similar. I mean, we have it now. It's a grumpy sunshine trope. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same idea. We find really grumpy, gruff man, and we think, mm, I want that. I can change him. I can change him. Or it's that he's mean to everybody but me. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> I like that. Okay, that's what then does the it argument for me. could also be made. Pride and Prejudice. Oh yeah, Pride and Prejudice Beauty is the, the OG Grumpy Sunshine, <laughs> but a Beauty and the Beast without yes. the. I'm yes, I see Pride and Prejudice very much as a as a similar Beauty and the Beast. Not the you know, he's a. Not the a, shot for shot, but not the shot for shot, but in the he's a beastly character, but she's just you don't have that. She's not trapped with him, right? That In her mind, she's trapped with him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so ready? Beauty and the Beast is grumpy sunshine and forced proximity. <laughs> those are the two tropes. You put those two tropes in the same book, that's Beauty and the Beast. Yep. 
I was going to say, Seeking Persephone has one of my favorite, like, little tropes in it, which is the, she has a nightmare and goes to him for comfort. Oh, oh, oh that's right, because she, like, sleeps, she, like, she sneaks into yeah, his bed. she sneaks into his bed. It, she do, it's not really a nightmare, it's the wolves howling outside, but I love oh. that. That's one of my favorite little tropes of, like, she had a nightmare and he's there to comfort her. Anyway, all right, go ahead. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, the book that I picked for this week um, as my favorite fairy tale retelling not a Hades and Persephone or Beauty and the Beast uh, retelling this one I picked because I really enjoyed it when I first read it oh, I was probably high school probably high school um, it's called Violet Eyes by Debbie I don't know it's French <laughs> V-I-G-U-I-E with an accent Oh, Viggy, Viggy, It's probably <laughs> Anyway, so it's called Violet Eyes, and I liked this one because it's a fairy tale that you don't get retold a lot. It's Princess and the Pea, which yeah. I really like. I, I like how it was done. I really liked the premise. There's a, um, like her name is Violet, um, when she has Violet Eyes, and she lives on a farm with her mother and father. And one night, a handsome, dashing stranger crashes his horse. <laughs> is sorry, is thrown <laughs> from his horse. He crashes his horse. <laughs> How many horses? Was it like four hundred horses? <laughs> no, so, two hundred horses. He's thrown from his horse. He's riding his horse through this field is to get a out Mustang? of a storm. <laughs> Clydesdale. He's riding his horse through this field uh, during a storm. The horse trips, falls. He is thrown from his horse and hits his head on a rock, right? And so he is laying in this field all night. Family finds him the next morning, obviously injured, sick, take him in. She, you know, nurses him back to health. Um, Another favorite trope. <laughs> the, the nursing back to health. Yes. Yeah. Um, in in either either direction, whether it's he's nursing her back to health, that's probably more favorite, or she's nursing him back to yeah, health. They're a good one. Anyway, so she's nursing him back to health. Um, they're you know they chat, they you know are forming a bond. Then they find out he's the prince, and he's been away from the kingdom for the last year, out seeking his bride slash inviting all of the princesses in the neighboring kingdoms to come to a banquet festival challenge to basically win the right to be his bride because that's that goes over well every time <laughs> every time well and like she even makes the comment who in their right mind would agree to a contest to be your bride and he his response is most people are pretty excited about it <laughs> <laughs> but it like it, it kind people. of it makes sense they explain it that he is the prince of the most powerful kingdom and so really it's go and try to win this allegiance this alliance right um and so like compete for my hand exactly so of course they're you know that's what the bachelor is they're falling in love and <laughs> all of that uh falling in love and then he realizes that i can't do this because i'm falling for you but i have to marry a princess and she's very much you have to marry a princess this isn't gonna work um, and so he, like, rides off in the middle of the night, right? Or early, early, early in the morning and doesn't say goodbye and all that all that jazz. But, you know, not before they share a 
very lovely kiss. Do they kiss? They do. Like, in the first, like, chapter four is a good one. Because, you know. Scandalous. Because she makes some comment about, I might as well, you know, teach a farm boy to, or something. She makes some comment about kissing farm boys, right? And he says, he makes a, they probably kiss real rough or blah, 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 blah. And she goes, well, I don't know any different. (laughs) And then, of course, he... Kisses her very, you know, Allow gently. Me to show you. And then oh, I like her reaction to that because he goes, well, I thought you would like it. And she goes, what am I going to do with that? And she goes, well, you can teach other people. I can't teach a farm boy to kiss like that. What's wrong with you? It's kind of a cute little, Aww. like. You just ruined me. You ruined me. You ruined me for farm boys. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, <laughs> so the prince rides off, right? Goes back to his castle and she's obviously upset. And um, it's that point when her parents are like. So you should go to the castle and, like, compete for his hand because you might also be a princess. This whole, like... That's right. I remember that. Yeah. Um, have you read this one? I, I have. Okay. Yeah. So Who? Wasn't well, that a coincidence? And then, of course, they tell the story of the previous monarch was killed during the last battle. They were slaughtered. The current king and queen took power because they needed, you know, somebody to take the reins of the kingdom and um it was the murder of the former monarchs that spurred this kingdom to defeat their enemies blah 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 but they never found the body of the infant princess and so her parents tell her that that night somebody came knocking at our door said will you take this baby and if anybody asks she's your child keep her safe and then she disappears whatever blah 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 um so they're like oh my gosh am i the missing princess and that's her whole like i i might be I mean, I don't have any proof, but I might be. And so she goes to the castle to compete and yeah, all the, all the happy, all the happy things ensue. And so there's, I really like it because, um, like in, in the original fairy tale, all of the, the challenges are, you know, how soft is your skin and, and how, how delicate are your features kind of a thing? How princessly are you actually? But it's all these physical attributes, which the challenges appear that way, but they have this like. That's subtle right. there's secret like secret alternative the uh the challenge on the surface that's given to them is not actually is not the real actually challenge. the challenge so they really are testing like character and so it's really kind of a, like oh yeah. i like it you sneaky sneaky yeah. king and queen which because it wasn't one of them like you have to stick your arm over like a candle and no it no, was it's your, out a window yeah in the sun Oh, right, to see yeah. if your arm gets sunburnt or something. Yeah, and, something like that. I mean, was, it's, it's things like... Um, or like tell the silken thread from the cotton thread. Yeah. But it's like, they all feel the same to me. Yeah, yeah. but then the real <laughs> test is, well, while you're here, hey, we're also listening to these That's right. complaints, and we think one of these guys is lying, so... Which one is lying? Which one is lying, and that's really the test. Can you find the truth from all of the lies. So it's yeah. really this yeah. like subterfuge and it's really kind of cool. Um, so I liked that element of it because like sometimes listening or reading these old fairy tales, it's just like, that doesn't ring true. Like, why would you do that? That doesn't make any sense. And so having them like, Oh no, we really do want to test your character without you knowing we're testing your character. Yeah. Like who are you on the inside when you're not, aware of what's really like what we're actually doing yeah because everybody can put on a a good face and a a pretty dress and act all like nice and princessly and um but it's who you are really on the inside when you don't know that people are are watching really yeah so i really liked it um but 
what was funny is that as I was rereading it, I'm like, oh, I don't know that I like it, like it as a book book. Like, I love the story. I love the premise. It was great. I mean, I'll probably reread it multiple times in my future, but just like the way the story is told, the way the romance escalates very quickly, it's it's kind of a, like, they never say that they love each other before they go off. And other than that kiss and that, like, I know we have this connection. And then she shows up at the castle and he's like, oh, yeah, you're it. You're who I want to marry. And he even says that, like, when he goes back to the castle, he says, I found the girl I want to marry, but she's a farm girl. I don't want to marry a princess. And then she shows up to the castle and he goes, oh, this is going to be perfect. You can just win my hand. It's great. But it probably just told very, very simplistically more for it is. a younger audience, Absolutely. not necessarily like an, yeah. an adult fully fledged romance novel yeah. kind of setup. Mm -hmm. But I think with those, like, cause there are a bunch of fairy tales within that. They weren't really a series, but there are a bunch of authors that redid the fairy tales. Yeah. I think and, even this, yeah. this author, she did a couple of them. Yeah. Like Cam Cameron Dukey, I think is the other one. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, but they did, like, they took the, the base story of, like, Little Mermaid, Cinderella, uh, Jack and the Beanstalk. The Rapunzel story? She has alopecia. <laughs> I don't know if I've actually read that one. You haven't read that one? Remind me. What's... Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the, in the Rapunzel retelling, the Rapunzel has alopecia. Al alo alopecia oh, is where you lose, lose all your hair. I think I kind of... Mm. She wears a like a headscarf that has um, oh a specific type of flower on it. Um, I can't think of the name right now, um, but that's kind of one of the main things of the book is her headscarves. Yeah. But so this the, it's not a series, but it's kind of like they're all under the they're same all Regency romance. Well, they're called Once Upon a Time. But yeah, Once Upon a Time is timeless. Yeah, they're the Once Upon a Time series. They're great. The Cinderella version of this. Before, before, midnight. Midnight. before midnight is a really really good one midnight pearls is the, the little, little mermaid, mermaid one that's also that's a good world one. above that's one of my favorite little mermaid ones what's oh world above is the jack and the beanstalk um something diamonds that's the anastasia anastasia um, i think i remember that one too that's a good one. Oh, storyteller's daughter is another one it's the shahrazad um i have so they're good because they take some of the like they take a lot of the classics. They have a Beauty and the Beast. They have a Cinderella, but they take the ones that you like you don't hear about, like Rumpelstiltskin, Jack, is Jack one and of the Beanstalk. Oh, they do a Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the one I have, I have one that's like three of them bound into one book, and it, the book is called Once, mm -hmm. um, and it's got the prettiest dress on the cover. <laughs> Um, before, I can't remember which, what's in there. Before Midnight was the one that I was going to grab. And then when I was grabbing it, I'm like, mm, is there another one? Yes, there is another book that's a retelling that I absolutely love. And it is Lore Olympus. But yeah, they're, I mean, they're quick reads. They're yeah. like real good, feel good. I mean, they're not, um, like you said, Samantha, they're not like fully fleshed out. And if you put them in the hands of, not that, not that they're not good authors, but I also feel like. They probably weren't given a lot of time to fully flush these out. I mean, or they were maybe like writing them within like a certain constraint. Like I need it to be this reading level and I need it to be this long yeah. so that we can maintain this, you know, like we want to market it to, you know, children. <laughs> yeah. But. Um, this is our target audience. Exactly. Let's keep it within these constraints. Yeah. So I think if you had it, like if they had it to 
um, really, really like develop and flush out and get some good character development in there. I think like they're fabulous premises of the story. Yeah. yeah. So like here's some of them. These are all the ones by Cameron Doki, Storyteller's Daughter, Sunlight and Shadow. Yes. Which is the magic flute. Yes. Yes. Um, I should have grabbed that one. Beauty Sleep. Golden is the re- Golden is the Rapunzel retelling, and I just double ticked. Yep, she is she the baby's born bald, mm. so it's very interesting. Um, before midnight, Belle, uh, the wild orchid, is oh, retelling of Mulan. Mulan. Uh, Winter's Child is retelling of the Snow Queen. Um, okay, so my book once has Before Midnight, Golden, and Wild Orchid in it. Uh, the world above. Yeah. I think there was a time where I went through and I, I read. Like it was just back to back to back to back to back to back. But I think it was like over Christmas break or something like that. So you had lots of time. When I, when yeah. I was well, in college over Christmas short. break, I just read they're, a bunch of quick them. reads. They're yeah. not very long. Yeah, they're good. Oh, oh, gotta love a fairy tale retelling. Spirited is one of them. This one's that one's by Nancy Holder. This one is their Beauty and the Beast. Re- one of their Beauty and the Beast retellings. <laughs> We've already established you hate most of them, though. It was, it's, it's Beauty and the Beast, but it's Native Americans in the Americas, and she gets captured by a Native American tribe, and he's a Native American shaman, and his wife and child were killed by colonists. A white man! And she is is a colonist. (laughs) And and she's a a colonist's daughter, Um, but it's... It's very My like colonizer. <laughs> it's it's very like he has shaman magic powers. Hmm. So like there's a magic element to it. I don't know why, but you put magic in the Americas and I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> magic doesn't exist <laughs> here. <laughs> Nothing about this place is magic. <laughs> there are but, no I also, but I also feel hmm. like if you take it down to like South America, then I'm back on board. Yes, but the, it's just different flavor. Yeah. <laughs> It's a different flavor of magic. But, like, if you take me into, like, the Andes Mountains and you say, like, yeah, what's your magic system here? I 100% believe you. Well, I guess when I say different flavor, it's more, like, nature-based and, you know. Yeah. It's it's spicy. It's It's very druid kind of feel to it. I I can see that. Very very similar to, like, connected to Ireland, old, like, Celtic. Connected to the land, and we get our power from nature. Yes, kind of feel. Which is what Native That's American Native magic American. is. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, the Rose Bride is another one by Nancy Holder. <laughs> they're good. There's so they're many really fairy tale there retellings. There are a lot all, of really like, good ones. Even if you get a bad one, apparently a Beauty and the Beast bad one, um, it's still interesting. They're still good reads, and it's I I enjoy thinking about them in different ways, which is why I think retellings are so interesting and why so many people like them because it's fun to think about i know this story but what's your twist on it yeah yeah like and i I keep going back to i always think about whenever somebody complains about oh there's no new stories there was a i want to say it was socrates but i probably wasn't some old greek philosopher once said that every story that will ever be told has already been told so you think about those you know relationship tropes there it's the same story over and over again but what's your twist on it yeah i think they're really interesting yeah. so i'll be honest that's one of the reasons why i liked the twilight series <laughs> okay so twilight i'm obviously much more mature now and i understand a whole lot more about things but when twilight first came out and i read it, it i'm and i'm still not but i'm not into vampires i'm not into the paranormal 
those things actually exist amongst people. When I want, I want my fantasy to be holy fantasy. I don't want it to have elements of real life in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that these guys are in, there are two exceptions: Percy Jackson and Harry Potter. Yeah, I can see that. Right, because Otherwise, it's it's not our world. It's a separate. I mean, Percy Jackson. It's very separate. They, they have their separate. own. They have their own place. You go yes. to Camp Half Blood, Harry Potter. Yes. You go to Hogwarts, go to and Hogwarts. you have a Muggle, or you mm-hmm. have a Muggle world, and you have a Wizard world, mm-hmm. and, and it's kept separate. secret. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas with like Twilight, it was like yes, they're still kept secret, but like they're living amongst us. I hate that. <laughs> That's no dumb. Um, but I, and even though it gets made fun of all the time, right? It's the one thing that people make fun of Twilight all the time for. But the the glittery skin, <laughs> right? You're sparkly. You're sparkly. sparkly. That when I read it though in the book, I was like, "Oh, that's different. That's interesting." Yeah. Like, okay, I get it. So they can be out in the sun. They just can't be out in shiny sun. <laughs> they need to be in a cloudy place. You know, yeah, like so. It's that kind of like that's a uh, different way. That's like a, a different a, twist. Mm-hmm. I like it. It's different than the typical like vampire and and which I I don't know. I've never been into vampire romances at all. There's one I'm about to. I'm on my list to read, and I'm nervous about it because it's got <laughs> vampires in it. But I've heard so many things about it that I'm like, oh, okay, I'll try it. But it was good. anyway, yes. all right, okay. Thanks for listening. That was great. (laughs) Yes, thank you. Enjoy your own retellings. Let us know if you read any of ours or what your favorite one is. Yeah, your favorite fairy tale retelling. Find me another good Beauty and the Beast one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Okay, love love you. you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Raven Bookery Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at raven underscore bookery. Check out all our original book-inspired designs for great gift ideas on our Etsy shop, Raven Bookery. Happy reading! I'm a real boy!